Welcome back, one and all. Thanks again for joining us. Whenever you're listening to this, wherever you're listening to this, it's The Metalist. I'm Dave. I'm Jason. Woo! Yep. And uh, today, we're going to talk about a little band from the Bay Area that put out a couple albums that have, you know, some people really like, called Metallica. Uh, I. How do you want to start this off? You want to go first or you want me to? I can go first. So, well, actually, I'll just ask you, what's your first real, like, where did you first hear Metallica? That would be, I was somewhere up north at a family thing when I was six. I see the video for Unforgiven, and it scares the shit out of me. (laughs) Yep. And you know what? You brought up that thing about seeing the metal Creepy old people, dude. Yeah. And weird kids smearing blood or shit all over the walls or whatever Dude, that was. It could be shit. Yeah, it was. It was the early nineties. It's black and white. It could be shit. Yeah, but you brought up the thing about seeing the kid in the in the metal up your ass shirt. I have a similar thing where I saw it was it was on the black album, you know, cycle. Uh, a kid next to me, Adam Charette, when I when I was growing up in Ramona, had a shirt, and it was the one where it's the one profile facing skull holding the other that's also facing the other way profile. And that scared the shit out of me as a kid, too. So I always knew, hey, man, there's this band called Metallica, and they're fucking scary. And, I mean, now you look at it, and it's it funny. It cracks me up. Your first exposure to this band, like the biggest, like one of the biggest bands, like you were scared of it. But, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I mean, especially to a young kid, you know, like, I'm trying to remember some of the stuff from the first one. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, Halloween imagery. Yeah, You know, exactly. when you're a little kid. Yeah, that's fucking scary. Like seeing skulls on people's windows and shit. It's fucking yeah. scary. But you get older and you're like, oh, that ain't shit. So yeah, now I have a shirt. I with- could see how Pusshead stuff would like scare. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. You know, a, a little kid. I mean, especially back then where there's, you know, no internet now. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Kids probably seen shit 10 times scarier than yeah. that. And they're like, ah, fuck, whatever. Yeah. Now I have a shirt where it's cartoon versions of Metallica hanging out with SpongeBob and Patrick flashing the, the horns. So. You know, it's how it's you know you made different. it, dude. Yep, 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 yep. I mean, they're they're huge, and uh, it's pretty interesting. So, if you're joining us from the deep dive, you came into this when they were already kind of like into what I consider like their weird phase, like they'd already changed. Yeah, I was in it back in like you know eighty six, eighty seven, eighty eight, eighty nine, uh, where they were like fucking becoming pretty much the biggest band showing up Ozzy on his own tour you know metal band they're, they're easily right now they're the biggest metal band oh yeah um there's never going to be a bigger one probably probably not it's a lot of that has to do with the, the the file sharing age the streaming age there's just no need to listen to one band yet they still a lot pull of the reasons off. well okay so a lot of the reasons why we'll talk about that on another podcast but my thing was like I I when I heard this band like it just blew me away and changed everything and and you'll be hearing a little bit more of that story later in the week but my first real memory of Metallica listening to Metallica was actually playing like 1942 on the Super Nintendo 
It might have been the regular Nintendo. Now, in fact, it was the regular Nintendo. I had a, a a dub tape of Master Puppets. I think I by that time I'd had Ride the Lightning also. Um, incomplete albums because they didn't fit on fucking sixty minute tapes, and for some reason, by at that time, I didn't have the uh, ninety minute tapes. Right. So they were actually incomplete albums. I remember sitting. It's just a very vivid memory of me sitting on the floor in my room playing 1942. Regular Nintendo. Regular Nintendo. 1986. Endless amounts of levels. Mm-hmm. It's just the same shit over and over. You just, just keep it's going. It's a vertical scroller. <laughs> That's what it says. It's 1942 is a vertically scroller oh, shooter nice. made by Capcom XYZ. <laughs> Dude, that game sucked, but I sat there and played it forever. I I uh, I just try and fucking get past this. Oh, I'm gonna make it, you know, I made it to level 85 or you know, whatever. It's like Pac-Man, right? Yeah, it was ridiculous. So I really remember that. Like, um, I remember, you know, my my first band, like that's who we wanted to be. Yeah. Was Metallica. I mean, we had to learn a bunch of fucking hair metal songs and like ACDC and some classic rock stuff because we just weren't good enough to figure out Metallica. Right. You know, and then eventually we learned, you know, a few Metallica songs. I remember we played Enter Sandman at a talent show and the talent show, I think, so the talent show was the day, I think the talent show was the day the album came out Damn. and we played Enter Sandman and everybody's like, holy fuck, like, how did you guys play that fucking song? And it was like, well, you know, I videotaped it off of Headbangers Ball because they released that out that song, yeah. you know, a couple of weeks early, and so I videotaped it and I learned it off the, you know, just off the videotape. Like I learned so many fucking songs. I mean, I think at one point I locked myself in the room with a couple joints and some pack of smokes and some Mountain Dew, Party. and like learned all of Master, like just basically learned all Master Puppets. I mean, it wasn't perfect, but it was passable. And I did the same thing with Enter Sandman. It just, I mean, people were just like, holy fuck. We ended up having to play that song. Do legit. We played that song several parties. We would play that song four times a night. Hmm. It was it was it was Enter Sandman and fucking Don't Cry by fucking Guns N' Roses. Nice. Like that's we had to play those two songs like four times a night because you know different people show up at different times and they're yeah, like, do oh, it again. Yeah, you guys gotta play Enter Sandman. I want to hear it. And it's like oh fuck whatever. Like so we played it all the fucking time. Like. At some point, man, this band that like no one fucking knew. I I was like the only dude that I knew in the whole school. I mean, eventually I met these two other dudes and that's who we started the band with. But I was the only dude in the school that I knew that liked Metallica. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden, like the Black Album comes out. Yeah, 1991 rolls around. And, and fucking like every fucking hillbilly in town with a fucking jacked up truck is blasting fucking, you know, Enter Sandman, Sad But True and fucking Wherever I May Roam. And I was just like, what the fuck happened? Yep. Because when you really get down to it, I mean, that's so that's like seven years, mm-hmm. which in some regards, it's a long time. That's not a long time. Yeah. You know, with with almost no fucking airplay, almost no fucking MTV. I mean, they did have the one video. Um, now, this is true grassroots. This is what happened. These guys kicked ass live mm-hmm. and they toured like crazy and they became the fucking biggest band in the land. Yeah. Even in 91. Oh, yeah. They were fucking so huge. So then the Enter Sandman video came came out. For one, it's their second music video ever. And it was a totally different sound. Way more accessible to the norms. Produced by Bob Rock. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Bob Rock really put the radio on him, and it worked. It fucking worked. And let me tell you, like, dude, Black Album is a great album. It's really good. I just listened to it today. It's really fucking good. It's just I don't like to listen to it because it's the beginning of the end to me. Yeah, yeah, I know. I feel that. It's it's uh, I, I, I know the end of that story, and I don't like where it goes. Um, everything good? Just looking at the singles, dude. Half their album is singles. Oh, yeah, dude. Like, that, that album has... Fuck. The God That Failed. Nothing Else Matters. Wherever I'm in Rome. Sad But True. Enter Sandman. Unforgiven. Yeah, apparently Enter Sandman. Don't Tread On Me. Nothing Else Matters. Oh yeah, don't tread on me too. Was, Wherever I, I may like roam song, and but. sad but true are all are all singles. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. Yeah, and that's half the album. That's how many it's, albums have you heard about ever doing that? <laughs> oh, dude. Now check it out. Well, right that's now, like, yeah, dude. Even most hair metal bands didn't do that. Yeah, right now there are sixteen million album or copies of Black Album, and they've been selling at least two thousand a week every week ever since it came out. Like so, it's just that that's something that no other band does. That's why there will never be another fucking Metallica, dude. That's insane. Yeah, they they truly are <laughs> one in of the, the kind age where no respect. one buys shit. Mm-hmm. People are still buying their shit. Yeah, like that's insane. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, it's going to be the new Metallica single. We're gonna play it on Sunday. Everybody, dial in. You gotta fucking be there. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, we're all waiting by the radio or we're all waiting on MTV or we're all wherever the fuck you listen to shit and then all of a sudden we hear until it sleeps (laughs) that's where I come in (laughs) I dug it I dug it I didn't dig it for Metallica yeah I still don't think it's a horrible song I always considered it a grunge grab I still kind of consider it a grunge grab but why not Kiss did I Was Made For Loving You. Rolling Stones did uh, Emotional Rescue and some other disco-type songs. It's a banging Bowie, song. I like Queen, um, The Eagles. Yeah, when you say oh, Bowie, are you thinking of Young Americans? You what? The Young Americans, that song? No, but I'm thinking stuff like even Fame. Fame's uh, a straight-up funk yeah. song, dude. Like, yeah. Fame's like one of the funkiest songs you'll ever hear in your fucking life. I mean, all, all the big artists... Back in the day, changed styles, you know, when the style changed. Right. It doesn't mean everything they did was like that, but they put out something to keep themselves relevant, you know, it, to the masses. Yeah. And that's what Metallica did. I don't see anything wrong with that. The only problem was is they changed their whole fucking style. Yeah. And that's not a problem. It was just a problem for me because I think even back then, dude, I knew even back then, I knew old Metallic is dead. Mm-hmm. They're not ever going to do that again. Yeah, and it kind of bummed me out. But at the same time, it didn't wasn't su- such a huge bummer because there were so many other bands by then that I really fucking liked. And you know, like it's not like e- even by that point they they weren't still my favorite band. I mean, they were in the top <laughs> two. It was like Metallic and Slayer. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like Sabbath was up there, Priest and Maiden. They were in that level. And then it was like, it wasn't like, a, it wasn't, I don't know. It wasn't a big deal it, to me. I never claimed, I never claimed that they were sellouts. I just thought they just kind of changed what they wanted to play. Yeah. You know, like a long time had gone by, you know, between the albums and whatnot. Like they were getting older and 
I just kind of figured they just wanted to change what they wanted to play. And so I was like, oh, well, whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I just won't listen to it anymore. And I didn't. Like, I've never heard load all. Like, I don't, I think, I don't think I've heard load or reload all the way through. Really? I've never heard death magnetic all the way through. Yeah, me neither. I've never heard St. Anger all the way through. I did hear Hardwired all the way through because I sat and listened to it one day, mm-hmm. and I was able to get all the way through it. Yeah. I tried with the other ones. I can't do it. If yeah, yeah, I don't it. like it. And it's like, you know what? I don't need to hear the whole thing to know that I don't like it. Yeah. You know? And so it's like, all right, well, that's not for me. That's for you. So you talk to a lot of people my age or a little bit older, and the majority of them that I know of anyway think that, you know... Load era and forward sucks. Mm-hmm. But I talk to people your age. That's what we grew up with, man. And that there's was, a lot of there. people your age that are like, no, it's, I think it's awesome. That's what I think. I, I can understand people of a certain age being resentful because of the style change. But like on their own, like if they just called it something else, like between albums or something, I think people would think it was just fine. It's just, you know, them trying to. Hey, we like Alice in Chains too, you know, like, and that's kind of what that was. And then my disconnect was with St. Anger, where it seems like they were trying to appease those people that they felt like they lost with the road load and reload and thought they were trying to go back to doing a version of, you know, oh, you want hard and heavy again. Here's here's hard and heavy. And they were like, and I remember reading the press. It was like, oh, yeah, that's what it was supposed to be. Right. It was like, yeah. we're getting back to our roots. And yeah. We're, we're listening to bands like Entombed and Meshuggah and Hatebreed. And I'm like, yes. And then I heard the album and I was like, don't listen to those bands anymore. That was just a, f- I don't want to say failure, but it was a failure all the way around. Best intentions laid to waste. I, I mean, I remember something like, you know, we wanted to make it sound like we recorded it for X amount of dollars. And I'm like, then don't spend a million dollars recording it. Like, Yeah. With Bob Rock, who was trying to become <laughs> the new bassist full on. Weird time. As clearly documented several times over, especially in um, some kind of monster. Yeah, dude. Which like is that on Netflix. Was, there was, I can see why it's, it, it, it shows in their music. There was a lot of shit weird happening with them. So the music kind of reflected that and the consistency of the releases. Yeah. Oh, yeah. With the weird like five year gaps. Yeah. Or, 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 there was, yeah. there was, a, you know, big, big gaps and, and this and that. It's, it's, uh, you know, life happens, and that's just the way it fucking goes. And they, they, they push through, regardless of people like me that are like, ah, fuck, I don't like them anymore. For every one of me, they got ten other ones that fucking love them. Yeah. And in that process of losing, is it really losing? I'm kind of. I mean, I guess they were losing fans. Uh, they, for, but yeah. for every one fan that they lost, they gained like ten. Yeah. Pretty. You much. know what I mean? Like and. People want to say like, oh, they're not. Dude, they are massively different, dude. That The whole style of music is completely different. Mm-hmm. That's one thing you can't say like, oh, they didn't change that much. No, they changed a lot. Yeah. But you know what? They wouldn't be the biggest band if they didn't. Right. Because guess who didn't fucking change and they're not the biggest fucking band? All the other bands. Yep. Slayer, Anthrax, mm-hmm. you know, uh, fucking Megadeth. And you know, they, they, I mean, Megadeth did change and I just... You know, something about it didn't work. Results may vary. Yeah, something about it Straight didn't work. Up, yeah. Um, you know, Anthrax changed a little bit, but they, you know, they found out real quick that that's not really what was working for them, and so they went back to the old way, and now they're back to the old way, and that's what's working for them. Yeah. Slayer changed, but not a whole lot. I mean, a yeah. little bit, but 
I mean, it's it's incredible to me. It, maybe you know, maybe that's the difference. Metallica let people in, and Megadeth didn't. Yeah, that's a good way to phrase it. Yeah, you know, kind of like Pantera. Like people felt like they knew Metallica. Maybe they had. Sure. They felt like they had a personal connection, and maybe that's why they they really attached themselves uh, to the to the band itself, not even just the music. You yeah. know, and maybe that's how it worked. I don't know. Like the but, people's band. Yeah, kind of. I mean, it's just it's just always fucking. Whenever I think about it, it just fucking blows my mind that like at one point in time, this band like fuck hardly anybody knew who the hell they even were. Yeah. You know, it's like how like you could tell someone now like you know there was a time, <laughs> you know, yeah. and they'll be like whatever like you're full of shit. Yeah, they're the Elvis of metal. Their name will never completely fade from human history oh no especially no. now that they have a fucking album in the library of congress you know what i mean there's there's a there's an album that's going right. to be preserved forever and i was so pleased to learn when i heard that i was like oh it's black album and then i found out no it's master of puppets which to me is their masterpiece yeah same. i know for some people they say injustice for all mm -hmm. um the, I, you know who those guys are <laughs> i think master puppets is their masterpiece but even then even if you think injustice for all is you're still talking about a two year three year difference yeah but yeah i mean it's the majority of fucking people now i've have met some people that started out with like load reload metallica and they went back and listened to the old stuff and actually don't listen to the new stuff anymore oh well okay. they only listen to the old stuff i could see that too. you know they're like no wow this is i like this a lot better which that seems a little bit no, it doesn't seem weird to me, but I mean, on one hand, you do think like, is it really just about what you heard first? Because I don't know, because I don't think that's necessarily true all the time. I think it's a person by person basis. I know people that fucking love Saint Anger, dude. What? And they're in Ramona, so <laughs> that ought to Ooh. say enough right there. Wow. But um, you know, there's something for everybody. You know, if it's not for somebody else, sure. That, you know, I mean, there's definitely that. I. I don't know. I just think like they had it all, especially at one point they had everything. They had the kick-ass logo. Mm -hmm. They had the best merch, dude. Oh, the yeah. puss head stuff was yep. just fucking awesome looking, dude. Like, Iconic. It was better. Like I, I like I like the Vic Rattlehead stuff, but Megadeth still had a few like fucking cheesy shirts. Not necessarily horrible. I, I'd probably say like they were like pretty close. Anthrax had some pretty cool stuff, but it wasn't consistent. It was kind of different each time. And, and Metallica's was consistent. Now, Pusshead didn't do the album covers, but he did a lot of the singles. Yeah. The cassette singles. Yep. He did a lot of those. Where Anthrax, they had like it's almost like a different style each time. So, and their merch reflected that. Slayer's merch, too. I mean, unless you had the album cover fucking shirts, they had a lot of cheesy designs. And then it just, oh, we'll, ju we'll just throw a Slayer logo on there. Yep. And it was like... It's almost like they didn't have somebody drawing a shirt for Slayer. Yeah, it was just... You know what I mean? It was like some dude just shows up and is like, okay, what do you think of these three designs? Yeah. Oh, well, you know, out of these three, we like this one. All right, we'll put the logo on this one. In fact, they may not have even made the fucking choice. It might have been some fucking... Their company some or a record guy, company, but, yeah. But I mean, that's... I mean, fuck, dude. The fucking... Anybody... You can Google all of these, dude. The Damage Incorporated fucking shirt design. Okay, that's so that's the one, the one with, with the, the skull with the bats, oh, the, yeah, the yeah, spiked yeah, bats yeah, yeah. out yep. of its fucking skull. Yeah, you had the prince, which was like 
fucking, it was like a double fucking skull coming out of like a fucking, almost like a heart thing. You know, you had the fucking and justice for all fucking stuff with the, you know, um, well, it's basically a pus head version. Justice. Yeah, it's a pus head version of the album cover. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah um, it was. I mean, fuck. They had all this cool shit. I mean, even pre, even pre pus head, they had the metal up your ass and they had the alcoholica fucking shirt. You know, mm-hmm. spill them all. Like, I mean, they had. They always had the cool stuff. They had you know these these cool little fucking sayings in their inlay cards with the you know fucking. Uh, was the one that, you know, well, Hetfield had the guitarist that eat fuck, but yeah. it was like E-E-T, F-U-K. Yeah. Like, they always had these little things to for people to grab onto and become part of their, a way we call it, like a subculture almost. Like, yep. you know, so it was, it was really fucking cool, but they had like the kick-ass album covers, dude. They mm-hmm. had the fucking, the music was so fucking amazing. The production matched it. Yeah. You know, and, and it was just like, and their live show. Yep. was amazing as well. And I mean to be completely honest with you, the only thing they didn't really have was the look. They all looked really different. Mm-hmm. Mostly Cliff cuz he looked like a fucking hippie from fucking 19, you know, 68. A lot of denim. But other than that, I mean, you know, they they just, you know, it's not like they were lookers in a time of lookers. Like there was a time when the hair metal bands all looked a certain way and they didn't look like that. And they didn't have a cohesive look either. Slayer had Kind Spikes. of a, you know, some spiky leather stuff. Just, you know, and Anthrax had the vision, you know, fucking, they were used to be called jams, but they were like the long shorts, you know, Bermuda shorts. Um, they had that kind of a vision streetwear type look. They looked like a unit, you know what I mean? Where like Metallica just like looked like four dudes, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, especially in the 90s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, in the 90s, it was a little bit different. I mean, they, they kind of started to have a look. I mean, fuck, even their intro music was fucking awesome, dude. Like, fuck, it was. Ennio, Ecstasy of Gold. Yeah, by Ecstasy Orne- of Gold. Yeah. Like, fuck. Ennio Morricone. It's awesome. Yeah. You know, walk into a gym or walk into your work fucking listening to that shit. You'll be uh-huh. walking in with your arms raised in a fucking V like you just fucking took the fucking title, dude. Like, mm-hmm. they just had everything going for them. And I mean, at that point, all it was was we just got to work fucking hard and keep going and somehow spread the fucking word. That's another thing. Now that it's easier to spread the word, now everybody can spread the word just as easy as you can. So I don't see another Metallica happening unless some new type of music comes out and some there's one band that just dominates it, yeah. which I doubt that would happen. But it could, I guess. Never say well. Never say never. Say, yeah, never say never. But dude, I can't. Oh, let's put it this way: I can't imagine there being another band, you know, as big as Metallica, just because, like, like I said, just the scope of it's so much bigger now, and we're almost getting into it again, which I wanted to save for another episode. So now, ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna get into the list. Again, this is our personal picks. Let us know what yours are. Uh, we're gonna get into our top fives. Jason, you want to start it off? This is like favorites. Yeah. This isn't what I think is the best. No, personal favorites. Personal picks. Yeah, it's always just the favorites. Yeah. I, but again, let us know what yours are. We'd like to, we'd like to hear yours as well. For sure. Yep, yep. Uh, let's see. Um, actually, I want to do some honorable mentions. Would you like to? Yeah, absolutely. I got a couple. Um, honorable mention for sure. Dude, fuck a sad but true is a gnarly riff. Yeah. Like, that's a heavy fucking song. Yeah. And then The God That Failed. Like, that fucking. Yeah, dude. Like it's a cool fucking riff, man. It's a little bit sinister. It's not like evil, but I mean, it's like it's a it's it's 
it's a heavy. Yep. Like it's a heavy fucking riff. And then uh, another honorable mention I would like to honor. Sure. <laughs> Hashtag Austin Powers. All right. So yeah. um, I would like to honorable mention Call Cthulhu. Nice. Well, I mean, both actually Call Cthulhu and Orion. Like because there were fucking two kick ass instrumentals with some really cool bass stuff in there. Yep. And you could do this because you have a fucking guitar player as a singer. Yeah. So for for a lot of bands, it's like, oh, well, especially if you want to do like these long songs, which Metallica songs aren't necessarily like long, but I mean, fuck, they're kind of long, dude. Like Master Puppet's like eight minutes long or something like that. Yeah. So you can have big intros. You can have big instrumental parts. You can have obviously guitar solos and you can have big outros if you have, because for the live show, what does your fucking singer do? <laughs> When, you know, you go on this big fucking thing, dude. Like, I mean, it's like, okay, he could disappear off the stage, which is fine. He could pound some fucking water. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, that's weird because he's not even on the fucking stage. Like, Mm -hmm. this, they're able to have their whole band on the fucking stage, you know, and and every other band that's like that. Now, the only thing that really comes down to hampering it is while while the singer's singing, he can't really, like, run around or... You know, unless you're going to fucking Kip Winger the fucking goddamn headset, which that's a joke. Yeah. Eh, not a joke. It's a joke because it's Winger, but whatever. Yeah. Shout out Stu. Hashtag yeah, Stu. Yeah, I was just going to say Stuart. Stuart, yeah. yeah. Hashtag yeah, yeah. Stuart from Beavis and Butthead. Hell yep. yeah. That's that's the big thing. Like, they were able to do... That's another thing. I mean, they were able to do another type of, of thing that a lot of bands probably couldn't fucking do. And then, like, obviously the musicianship was there. So, yeah. Dude, Orion... Uh, Call of Cthulhu, if you can ever hear, like, there's tons of stuff on YouTube where they can, uh, it's actually, I don't think they actually take the the real tracks. I think what they do is they have a guy that plays what Cliff plays, and then oh, he mixes and, it uh, in, and he kind of bumps it up so you can hear. Yeah. The solos in Cthulhu are fucking insane, dude. Yeah. Like, they're they're great. They're great. They're just little fucking solo fills and stuff, but if you're a big fan of that, like, when Randy Rhodes used to fucking just, like, kind of, like, noodle between, uh, between, uh, you know, the verse riffs or anything like that. Like, yeah, that's kind of what it is. And it's pretty fucking fantastic. Oh yeah. Um, I'm also going to honorable mention to the wah pedal. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> not just for Kirk though, dude, I'm giving yeah. it for fucking cliff, man. Yep, he's true. 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 He fucking <laughs> talking about, he yeah. loved the wah talking about Orion. Uh, when, when Metallica did their guitar hero game, uh, somebody isolated the uh, the bass track because it was the, you know they they have to isolate those tracks for Guitar Hero, so somebody found the isolated guitar tr- or uh, bass track for Orion, dude, and I YouTube it. It is awesome to to listen to. It's cool, man. That was when I really loved learning to play. Yeah, just because the octave part that he plays in there, and then obviously the middle piece, like it's just mm-hmm. fucking outstanding. But that's where that classicalness came in too, man. That middle piece is really fucking cool. And I mean, back then, like, I, there wasn't a whole lot of stuff like that. I mean, not from a heavy band. I mean, there was bits and pieces all over. They just, like I said, I mean, they put it in a, just a different kind of context. Any honorable mentions for you, good Oh, sir? yeah. So let's see. Where do I want to start? Honorable mention. So I got to shout out Creeping Death, the most awesome song about Passover ever. Oh, dude. You know, it's a biblical shit. Yeah, they talk about um, in the Woodstock 94 documentary. From There's MTV a, a while ago. It was just on MTV. It was like them huh. looking back on, you know, the 90s or something like that. But they were talking about... Talk about a forgotten thing. 
Oh, dude. <laughs> and, you, and you see they're doing Woodstock 2019, and now everybody's like, mm. Weird. Yeah, well, it's the 15th anniversary. But so they're talking about Woodstock 94, and they talk about, you know, um, you know, back in the day it was about peace and love and the whole hippie movement and whatnot. And meanwhile, fast forward 25 years later, you got Metallica on stage playing Creeping Death saying die over and <laughs> the over. The whole crowd chanting <laughs> yeah. die. And it's so sick to think about that. I was just like, that, this is my fucking Woodstock now. And Dude, it's I bet like, I yeah. heard that song 50 fucking times before I figured out that they were chanting die. Yeah, dude. Like I just I never really put it together when I first listened to it because it just sounded like chanting. It was just like oh right cool yeah. like, and then I f- found that out probably from I'm thinking a, like a magazine article or something. I was like oh my god! It just yeah. like ratcheted that song up a whole yep. other level, dude. Fucking that's a dope song. I, it is. I always liked it. That that's a great charge them up. You know I've seen them open with it. I've seen them. Well, they open with it. Yeah, after after um playing Ecstasy of Gold. Um, oh yeah, I can see that. It's got a good intro. Yeah. Oh, it's it just that like beginning. fourteen yeah. times, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Dude. That's that's old school Metallica for you, it's dude. It's like the return of the king of songs. Yeah, you know? and then uh, follow that up, and I'll say the spiritual successor to Creeping Death, Master of Puppets, my favorite song about cocaine. <laughs> like fucking spiritual successor. Just think about like they they both sound very similar. They're structured pretty similarly. Like they have a similar vibe. A lot of Metallica shit. If you look at each album. Is kind of similar. Oh yeah, the there's, fucking there's theory where it's like the it's like the fucking last song on side one is always the fucking ballady type thing. Yeah, the four the the track it's four like the is sixth, the full on ballad. Yeah, and then it's like the sixth or seventh song is always the instrumental yep. or something like that. Yeah. Like yeah, they you always got to have yeah. a strong starter. The second one is kind of like the 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 pace setter the, after yeah, the that big song. Yeah, like like there's a thing. The the third one's kind of the you know, the, the slower, you know, thuddier one fucking yeah. thing that should not be um, for whom the, the bell tolls. tolls. So, like, there's a thing, especially Jump with those two fire. albums. Especially, yeah, especially those two. Yeah. Those two, for sure. Yeah, but, but Master of Puppets, But I had to be too on the second one, on, yeah. the, on And Justice for All. That was kind of like a chunkier. Yep. I don't know. Black and's pretty chunky, but it's also the faster yep. paced one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they all, it's, they it's all, the opener. It's the, okay, we're here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and I th- and I think without jumping ahead too much. Actually, fuck it. No, my my other other honorable mention is Injustice for All. The song Injustice for All cuz nice. that's also the kind of okay, after Black and kind of coming in charging, that kind of, you know, Injustice How for All. Long is that one? It's like 11 minutes. The the song Injustice for yeah. All? Yeah. Let's have a look. It's got to be something like that. I thought that. it's double digits, right? It's there all all those fucking songs are very long. That's when they started, I mean, it's, that album's long. Of, like, I mean, all their albums are long for only having like eight tracks or something like that, eight or nine. Uh, and Justice for All is nine minutes and 47 nine seconds. Minutes. And the only one that's longer is To Live Is To Die, which is 949. Which has no business being that long. No. The uh, 65 minutes and 33 seconds. That, that That's Metallica at their like darkest, right, is Injustice for All. They just came off of Cliff dying. You know, they, they got a lot of... Complex emotions going it's on. It's kind there. of politically charged, yeah, absolutely. too, which yeah. they didn't get a whole lot into. Right. Not like not like Megadeth or anything, but or even Anthrax. I mean, they they really that was kind of well, I don't know, because see they got into disposable heroes too, where they kind of talk about like the system. You know, yeah. kind of like fuck the system type stuff. It's just more accentuated. But on, this on one there, yeah. is like 
Justice is lost. Know. Justice it's pretty is right. Justice is done. Talking about one with um, what's that fucking movie? Johnny got his gun with the dude losing his his everything in the war. Like it's fucking heavy concepts, you know. He's that that the video for one is grim as fuck. Yeah, I always thought that was really weird that they had this really kind of a for I mean essentially a pretty mellow song. Yeah. And such a gnarly concept on it. Yeah. Um, uh, one more. But, I mean, sanitariums like that. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah, no, for sure. Fade to blacks like that too. I mean, it's suicide. It's a suicide yeah. song. Yeah. So they've always had these kind of mellow songs, but they were heavy in concept, I guess. Yeah. And they always had the big ending. Yeah. My my last shout out I'll give is uh, "Struggle Within" off of Black Album, the last song, just because. That's just fun. Ooh, I don't like that one. Oh, uh, really, dude? It just because you no, know on why? Because the, on the black album, it's like that one and "Don't Tread on Me." I can see I that. I don't really like. Yeah. The, oh, there we go. It just reminds me the most of you know '80s Metallica. It's it's the thrashiest, so to speak. True. That or um. Oh, wait, no. I was gonna say that or uh, through the never, but I think I'd still give it to struggle within. There's all dude, those that's the thing, like those non-single songs on Black Album, like fuck man, those are really yeah. good too. Like Absolutely. Of Wolf and Man. Granted, I mean the only songs of Metallica I don't really like is like Motor Breath. Leopard Messiah is kind of like give or take it or leave it. Yeah. I don't mind it. For as perfect as but we I don't can pay all much agree. Attention to it. Yeah, for as perfect as we can all agree, Master of Puppets is as an album that is kind oh, of yeah. a low point. And then I mean I don't really like uh I think it's Escape. Oh, on Ride the Lightning? That's everybody's low light. I enjoy well, that. Well, it's either Escape or Trapped Under Eyes. I'm kind of yeah. like either way on them. I mean, they both have like a couple good riffs in them that are yeah. like... Trapped Under Eyes, that intro, dude, when it's just the guitar by itself. Yeah, it's just enough to... It's enough to keep me from skipping it. Yeah. And that's when albums were only fucking eight songs You know, but Motor Breath, I will skip every time. Yeah. Shortest Straw, I will skip every time. You ready to get down on the list or what? Yes, indeed. All right, I'll start it off. My number five is Whiplash. Nice. Dude... The fucking double picking fucking city, dude, on this fucking song. I, there's one caveat, and that is sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes, I get sick of the fucking. I'm like, Lars, just get to it already. Let's go, dude. Let's go. But. Once it does fucking kick in, it does kind of build up a little anticipation. Once it does kick in, man, fuck. It's just a fucking awesome riff, man. Mm-hmm. And especially back then, like, it's fast. Yeah. You know, I mean, granted, not the fastest thing, but I mean, it's a lot of fucking double picking, dude. Fucking, and I mean, it's really fucking cool, man. It is, they do have. It's kind of like their Metallica song, you know, because they do have the line, because we're Metallica. We're Metallica, yeah. And I like the idea of adrenaline starts to flow, you're thrashing all around, acting like a maniac whiplash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it's not a super, like, rhymey <laughs> type just thing. just a declaration. You know what I mean? It's just like... Yeah. And, and then, you know, like, I the old the line in there, you know, bang your head against the stage like you never did before. Like, the whole whiplash angle of, of headbanging, Quiet Riot had the song, you know, bang your head. Yeah. And it's like, these guys took it a step further with whiplash. <laughs> it, I mean, it was... Hospitalization. Yeah, like it's it's awesome. I fucking I've always loved that song. It's the only one on Kill 'Em All that I listen to regularly. Every once in a while, I, I like to pump uh, Seek and Destroy. Every once in a while, not right. that often. Yeah, but I just don't listen to Kill 'Em All as much. It's right. not quite there. I, it's it's to me, it's the classic case of 
You know, it's their first album. It's a little bit iffier on the sound slash production sonically. Yeah. But also, it's also the the idea that they haven't quite got their groove yet. Yeah. They're they're like they just started the motor, right? You know, they haven't started driving yet, and 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 that's fine. Like like I said, I mean, it's not like I never listen to it. It's just I don't listen to it very regularly, and I don't put a whole lot of songs from this album into a playlist. Yeah, same. I've just I've just never really done that. So because it sounds so much different. It's thin you know as what fuck. I mean? Like, yeah, super thin. The guitar sounds totally fucking different. They just didn't know what they were doing. It with al- that yeah, at it the almost time. sounds like a bluesy type guitar, and yeah. and so it's kind of like eh, whatever. Like, but again, it's not horrible. Um, what's your number five? So my number five, uh, we did this a while back, and uh, we're doing it again. And I always kept that slot open for anything again because I have an affinity for load and reload. And last time I said fixer, which is also I guess an honorable shout out. That's a sick song. However, if we're talking about that era and the definitive song from that era that I that, that's like more or less the only one they still play unless it's a special occasion, I got to go with Fuel. That's everybody that hates Load and Reload is still like, yeah, but Fuel's pretty sick. Give me Fuel, give me fire, give me a uh, banana, banana. Like That's the they, one. They, they even have the fucking meme for it. Like Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. That is used in commercials. I hate that song, but I, yeah, yeah. Dude, that was uh, so they that went from a band that I was really interested in to seeing them perform that in December of 1997 on Saturday Night Live, where Nathan Lane was the uh, was the guest host. Who is Nathan Lane? Uh, he is. Is he like some celebrity I should know? He okay, Timon and Pumbaa. Which one's the meerkat? Timon. Okay, that's that's Nathan Lane. And he was in the birdcage, and he was in a bunch of stuff. Oh, yeah, now I know uh, who you're He was in the producers. You drink. He's a Broadway guy. So, yeah, so uh, I, I see, you know, because they were doing the haircuts and stuff, I see uh, James Hetfield in some goofy-ass, you know, hot rod work shirt, you know, sporting the new Elvis cut that he has, no facial hair. Uh, Kirk yeah, Hammett. they almost went like Metallabilly for a little while there. Well, yeah, but but to to, con- to go with what you were saying earlier about everybody kind of looking weird in Metallica and doing their own thing, then you got Kurt wearing a uh, or Kirk wearing a um, it was like a leather leopard skin jacket <laughs> so like somehow, a smoking jacket. Yeah, with 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 like the eyeliner, and then you got fucking. Uh, then you got Newstead looking like he just came off of a German expressionist play wearing tight right. black stuff. Right. And then Lars wearing whatever the hell he's in the Jason back. Jason Newstead was just got back from being on sprockets with yeah, fucking exactly. Mike Myers. Yeah. Speaking of Saturday Night Live. <laughs> but dude, that 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 blew me the fuck away. They they so the I, I saw it the first time they did it with the uh the th- the mix was all wrong and it was thin as fuck. So all you got was like really trebly guitars, but I really like that. And then, uh, and then they they missed him saying "fuck" the first time, uh, and so every time I saw it after that, they fixed the mix and it's bassier. But they also censored him saying "fuck," and I had that on VHS forever. So is "Fuel" the heaviest load song? I don't know about heaviest, but it's definitely you, you again. Is it the, the most c- aggro one? Is it the most aggro? Probably. I, I, what I'll say is it's the closest to old school Metallica, where it's got that. It's it's. It's the master of puppets. It's the it's the creeping death. It's the uh, four horsemen. Uh, that's what I'm saying. With the, all those songs have a similar vibe. That's that of that era. Okay, don't ever say that again. But <laughs> the only time I've ever heard this song all the way through 
<laughs> was when Avril Lavigne covered oh, it. Jeez. <laughs> And the only reason I fucking sat there and watched it was because I was videotaping it and like I was kind of just in the room. I wasn't yeah, yeah. really paying a whole lot of attention to it because at the time I had no fucking clue who Avril Lavigne even was. Oh, man. Her yeah. fucking guitar player, like her band that was with her, were like they were fucking into it, dude. Oh, yeah, dude. All those guys probably, you like, know. They, they were like getting down. I was like, damn, dude. Like these yeah. guys fucking like this fucking song. Mm-hmm. But And then her. I think that was the only one. No, she was into it too. But I mean, that was the only one, I think, from... The load reload yeah, era that was what, in that some that anyone performed. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's the one that still. Yeah, no, it was that. That's still the the gold. For those that don't know, it was the, the MTV Icon yeah. uh, Metallica, where people come out and they they basically pick artists, other artists come out and basically do like live covers of that band stuff. So yeah, they which, had one for Aerosmith. Yeah. I think they had one for Janet Jackson. They did one for Metallica. Mm-hmm. Uh, the I'm Cure. Not, Oh, they did one for The Cure? Yeah, because I remember because like there's nice. two videos that really stood out, and apparently um, I think it was Robert Smith came up to the Def- or Deftones afterwards and was like, hey, yours was the only one I liked or something like that. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't I wonder what song that was, too. Yeah, what else did you have that night? You had uh, Some 41. They did, did a uh, medley. Yeah, they did, and I thought they did good. Yeah, I it was actually, really cool. I like Sum 41. Um, let's see, Korn did one. Korn did one, which they then With played. With the solos. Yeah, which they played on uh, OzFest that um, summer, Limp too. Limp Bizkit did Welcome Home Sanitarium. That's right. And it was pretty cool. Yeah, Stain did um, a, an acoustic rendition of Nothing Else Matters. Yes, yeah, Snoop Dogg did Sad But True. I was just going to say, let's not forget the most important one, Snoop Dogg doing Sad But True. <laughs> His uncle, Don Magic Wan, just standing up there, hyping up the crowd with him. Even though he had a mic, he didn't say anything. Hey. And then some third guy. Those were fun Get days. Get it right. It's Bishop. Ah, uh, Bishop Don Magic Wan. Don Magic Wan, my, Juan, my, my man. apologies. Yeah. Good True man. pimp right there. Yep. Yeah, I think that was the majority of it. I think that was it. And then they opened with a brand new song, and it was... Um, Wait, Metallica the, played? Yeah, th- at the very end, it's like, oh, hey, really? and we're going to celebrate. That's that's what it all had to do with back, you know, it was the dying days of record industry stuff, and that was in their conjunction with they're going to release their first album in seven, six years, whatever it was. So what'd they play? That, that's what I'm trying to, it's, it's whatever the first song off St. Anger is, Frantic? Ouch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they didn't is even the show TikTok, the- TikTok, TikTok Yeah, and song? they didn't show the whole thing because it's like eight minutes long, you know? Ew. Yeah. So. Ew. Yep. Terrible. Yep. Just dreadful. We, we we didn't know yet. It was shortly thereafter. <laughs> By the way, saying anger, uh, double platinum in the U.S. <sighs> 75 minutes long, dude. Oh, bullshit. Okay, whatever. What? It's six like, minutes. What's still? My God. Yeah, man. <laughs> I don't know. There's some movies that shouldn't be as long as they are, so I understand. So, yeah, saying anger, dark times. Number five for you, good sir. Oh, number four. Or are we at number four? Did you already say number five? Yeah, Whiplash. Oh, sorry. That's yeah. right. Okay, number four. That's Get why he's together, keeping track. together, man. Yeah. Kick you off the shit. Freight Ends of Sanity, number four. Freight Ends of Sanity. Oh, man. It's got the fucking... Oh, yep. Which yep, I always yep, yep. thought was creepy when I watched Wizard of Oz back mm-hmm. in the day. Probably the only part of Wizard of Oz I really liked. Interesting. There was something about... So, yeah, let's get into that. Did so, those guys have names? The The... Ah, uh, flying monkeys. But there was also the weird <laughs> Russian-looking dudes with the with the hats and the but green skin. But that was skin. the flying monkeys. They were just like the captains. They were like the dudes riding the flying monkeys. Yeah. They have a name? I don't know. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Look it up. Way. Look it up. Yeah. Okay, so the sound of boots stomping 
in unison creeps me out. Yeah. Just like Metal Militia, right? Yep. At the end. Just yeah. like the sound of a air raid siren mm. still freaks me out. No doubt. Not freaks me out, but it does give me the creeps. It's a mm. it's a very menacing fucking sound. Which in conjunction with the OEO, like that was kind of like okay. But no, Freydan's a sanity dude. The fucking riffs that are going on in there, the big chords from fucking Jason that are going on in there, it's a very I don't know, because all their stuff is tight, but this song like is super fucking tightly played. Um, it's the only song on my list from fucking and Justice for All. It's my favorite song on that album. Um, I do like a couple more. I probably like, I mean, with regularity, I'd say like I listened to three songs on that album. Yeah. Um, oddly enough, Dyer's Eve is not one of them. Mm. Um, I don't, I'm not really a big fan of that song. But Fred, like it's, it takes you somewhere too. It's got this little middle thing that it, it does have this big change. It's, and again, it's another one that's, I mean, all the songs on there are pretty long, but. But like it's another one that's one of the longer ones, and and I mean fuck, dude, like it's just there's stuff they do with the chords, and then there's stuff they do with the harmonies too that are fucking really fucking cool. I always liked the way James sang this one too. I, it is easier on this album. He does sing a little bit fucking lower, so he's a more a bit more gruff. Yeah, like this is probably the heaviest, and Justice for All is probably the heaviest James vocals you'll ever get. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so weird because when he had his vocal surgery his vocal cord surgery and and uh he had to change the way he sang i remember a lot of people making a very big deal out of that and at one point i remember thinking you know yeah you know fuck that but then i started thinking about it and i was like you know he's never really been the fucking heaviest thing i mean he's never screamed anything i guess it's not that much different and then just recently i saw some stuff from year and a half in life of metallica which was you know i saw at the time back in the day i saw them on that fucking tour or well no i guess i saw him on black tour but it was really weird because he was singing like for whom the bell tolls and he was singing it pretty much the same way he sings it now and I was really surprised. Like, I completely forgot about it, that he had already changed the way he fucking sang. Right. You know, and I was like, oh, yeah. Like, totally fucking spaced that off. Got a cool backbeat riff, too. Like, it's got that cool little fucking backbeat stutter thing, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, just really like the fucking main riff and whatnot. Number four for you. My number four is one. How about that? That sounded weird. I just the more I think about it, dude, it's a fucking it, it's so, you know, held in such high standards for such a reason. It's it's the first video they had, it's the first real visual component a lot of people had. A gnarly concept based on a movie called Johnny Got His Gun, uh, which they acquired the rights to after the fact, uh, in order to put it in the video, which there's two versions of. I just the 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 progression, you know, that's that's Metallica at their proggiest, right? Is is and Justice for All, where they, they were able to pull off a lot of those passages into other parts of songs and stuff. Everything from the way it starts to how it proceeds through the rest of the song to the way it ends, super heavy and frantic. I mean, it's one, dude. It's 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 used in movies and TV and video games and fucking whatever else for a reason. It's, it's I hate iconic. it so bad. You hate one? I can't stand it. It's because my band tried to play it. Ah, okay. And we that'll... played it so horribly. <laughs> 
Because there's a lot of fucking like they had like all the overdub parts, you know what I mean? Like you mm-hmm. have the, a lot of harmonies, especially on the. It's like that. Yeah, yeah. There's like a full harmony there. So if you're not playing with the harmony, it doesn't it sound just, anything yeah. like it. And we were, right. we tried. It was ah fuck. I just it soured it soured me on it pretty good. I mean, I did hear it. I did listen to it when Corn did it. It was fucking. It didn't kill me i've heard it a couple times since like in the gym and stuff yeah but you have those little those nom flashbacks but dude, yeah, yeah dude okay. it's total nom flashbacks fair like, enough fuck dude yeah, like yeah. god just hearing the shitty little fucking guitar my old guitar player's fucking bedroom like fuck man yeah, fair shitty gu- distortion pedals dude like oh fuck fair enough it was just it was rough it's definitely a trigger for me of mm-hmm. some sort um but I, you know what? I don't hate it as bad as uh, Motorbreath, Short Straw. You know, I, I, I songs that you just never had an interest in. in yeah, general. because I, I did like it before we started playing it. I mean, right. I didn't love it, but I did like it. Yeah, I do like the way that, you know, and everybody's like, oh, the end part, and it's like, ah, I don't know, man. The end of Fade to Black is so much better. Yeah, yeah no, but the it's, end of it's, Sanitarium is so much better. But it is very fucking fast. Yeah. It's apples and oranges. It's a different vibe, you know? The double pick and city on that one's pretty fucking intense, man. Mm-hmm. Like, And Lars Ulrich actually double bases on this song. Yeah, that's true. He does use them. He does a few of them. He doesn't do, he doesn't double bass a lot. Uh, Blackened and Dyer's Eve, right? Yeah. Okay. What uh, part on Blackened? Wait. It's in the choruses, isn't it? Or am I thinking of? Because I know he does a little bit on battery at the end. Yeah, maybe. It, but he doesn't even really do it much on... I don't even think he does it on Damage Incorporated at all either. No. He doesn't do... That's the thing, man. Lars doesn't fucking double bass a whole lot. What he does do is he syncopates a lot. Right. So I like, on Justice for All. Yeah. Like, he, he syncopates a lot of fucking stuff. Enter Sam, man. Those fucking toms at the start of it and whatnot. Like, yeah. And honestly, I think that's a big part of their sound. You know, is it's almost like he's in parts. He's playing that riff on the drums too, so it, it definitely helps. And on one, with all the you know, yeah, I mean, he's playing that same thing on the drums, and it sounds fucking cool. Like I, anytime he fucking double kick, like I, I always liked it. You yeah. know what I mean? So, you know, absolutely. And, and I mean, obviously, Kirk's solos at the end. Just that's the other part that I have a hard time with because <laughs> I was. Hearing my old guitar player in his younger days, doing the when, he, windy, 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 when he wasn't yeah. necessarily good at the tapping, you know, and I'm over there with my bass trying to fucking hit these chords and trying to double pick and it, ew, God, it was just so terrible. I'm so glad there was no internet. Yeah. I mean, there was no web. <laughs> I'm so glad the web wasn't around. Yeah, the World Wide oh, Web. Fuck, man. I've yep. seen stuff like that on YouTube now. I'm just like, Jesus Christ. I'm so glad I don't have old shit of us sucking all the balls, dude. Right. Oh, so glad. Yeah. Those were rough days. Funnest ones. Um, Does that put you at number two? No. Does it not? No, man. It's number three. Hmm. I'm really good at math in case dude. you people couldn't tell. Get your shit together. We don't need math. We're adults. We got lists. Yeah. That's Number the only three. reason I know what it is. Yeah. All right. So here's where the theme starts. Number three. Battery. There you go. Ah, fuck, man. It's the first fucking Metallica song I ever fucking heard. 
It's a good place to start. It's got the bomb fucking intro. Dude, yeah. the intro, I'm surprised no pro wrestler, no MMA dude, or no fucking boxer. I don't know, maybe they have. I've never seen it, though. I've Fair. never seen yeah. anybody walk out to this fucking intro. Right. Fuck, it's yeah. so good, man. The fucking you know harmonies on those fucking guitars in the intro. I remember, yep. dude, that's the other thing. I heard this intro, and I was like, whoa, what kind of music is this? Right. You know? Again, it's that almost like classical style that influence very musical influence that you know kind of creeps in on some of these some of their intros yeah it's very deceiving mm-hmm. you think you're in for this pretty thing in fact that i i mean i i seriously listened i was like is this what i thought it was these this is not what i thought it was going to be right is basically what it was and and i mean you're sitting there listening and all of a sudden the fucking you know the first wave of guitars kicks in then that fucking harmony kicks in you're like holy fuck yeah and then you hear fucking dun, 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 and then it's triplet fucking city. Yeah. Fast triplets. Like they're so fast triplets, you can barely tell they're triplets. And it's a herky jerky fucking riff. It is about a place they used to play on Battery Street. Is it Ruthie's Inn? I'm not, I don't remember what it was called. Mm. But I almost didn't know what, I mean, I legit, like back in the day, I mean, I didn't know what it was about. I mean, I do know they've talked about fucking, you know, cannot kill the family batteries found in me i never understood what it was because i was like well obviously like they're not talking about actual batteries so i just kind of let it go and was like whatever don't care what it's about until i read it in a magazine you know and i don't know we just talked about it's got some of the it's got some actual lars double bass towards the end of it it's got one of my well i don't know probably not one of my favorite kirk solos but it's got a good one in there you know and it's just a fucking awesome heavy fucking song machine head redid it and i think they did a little bit slower but they're from this you know they're from the bay area too and i mean this song was a big deal i mean they were probably they're a bit younger so they're probably like my age now and they were probably like when this shit was going on they were probably like in the in the crowd they were probably part of that battery family you know what i mean like that they talk about in the fucking song like so it's just always been one of my favorites of theirs and will always be one of my favorites of theirs just because like yeah i mean it's the first one i fucking heard dude and i all i also think it's one of their heavier tunes too oh yeah you know absolutely did you look it up it's not ruthie's oh yeah. what is it uh, i'll find that out in a sec i was oh. i was trying to, I, I wanted last time i was in san francisco i wanted to go by there i it's fucking gotta be long gone apparently it's in Berkeley too, which is where the Gilman's at. Which uh, I guess I gotta go see a show there inside one day. From the outside, it just looks like a fucking a dump, which I'm sure is part of the charm. Sorry, NorCal people, prove me wrong. Uh, does that bring us to number two? No, you have to give me your number three. I thought I did. No, I thought that was. I've been oh, going okay, first sorry. the whole time. Got it. Yeah. Okay. See, we're awesome today. That's where it is. No it's shit. right in the middle. It's right on the yeah, part of San Francisco. Okay. My number three. We're going to get a little sappy here for a sec, folks. What the fuck? You did this <laughs> last time. I did, and I'm going to do it again. Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, nothing else matters. For fuck's sakes. <laughs> you picked a fucking wedding song. I did. What do you, what would you be more bummed out at hearing between this or uh, Low Man's lyric? Oh, you never heard the rest of 
reload. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Fuck that shit. Yeah, no, yeah. I did watch. I actually watched a father daughter uh, dance to Nothing Else Matters, and it mm-hmm. was fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good tune. Yeah, it's fun. Carry on. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it is what it is. It's the ballad, the little, the whole story about him being in a hotel room and talking to somebody on his phone, just fucking around with his guitar, and then he hits those four strings in that sequence, and he's like, wait, I gotta go. I think I'm on to something, and that's how he wrote the song. Like, the footage in the video with him, uh, with them doing the, th- the whole thing in the studio, which is basically what all that album was. With the exception Yeah, they had of- a lot of the studio... Well, because they had the year and a half in the life of Metallica, so they had all the studio footage. Yeah, it was pretty much already there. And that was really cool to see. I really liked that part of it. Like, well, okay, so I mean, I really liked that movie. Mm-hmm. That movie was really fucking cool. Like, you know, I've never seen it. It's basically this huge tour on Injustice for All, and then it's kind of like a making of the Black Album. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and it was, I like that one because I always like seeing people in the studio. Yeah, oh yeah, same. You know, I just like like the to total the process, the tour aesthetic, and like like you know the weird Jason with the, uh, the side sh- yeah, shape, dude, like yeah. yeah, dude, like old, like fuck yeah, dude, yeah. it was awesome, and and this song, it this was one that I mean it kicks in a little bit with the distortion, but this was one that didn't have actually I think this and Unforgiven didn't have the fast ending. Yeah. Like the reward for putting up with the ballad. Yeah. You know what I mean? These these two didn't have that. I always found that interesting. Although I say this, I thousand times love this better than fucking Unforgiven. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. The solo in it is fucking great. Is this the one James plays? Doesn't James play the solo? I always thought it was Kurt Kirk. God damn it. Uh but I could be wrong. I don't know. Let's see. I just thought I remembered him playing the solo in the video. Now I'm reading the story. Uh, James Hetfield. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. I remember that. He doesn't play a whole lot of them. Kirk's not even credited in this fucking song. Wow. All right. Well, yeah, because so that's one thing I guess we didn't really talk about before was the fact that like up until the Black Album, Kirk only played solos. Yeah. On the albums. Now, granted, he obviously he could play the songs fucking live, but to keep it nice and tight, and probably to you know ease up on time, because in order to get something ultimately tight, you have to pick the fucking strings the same exact way. Yep. And you're it also even helps if your left hand is pushing the same pressure, you know, like that yeah. sort of thing. Um, obviously, if you have one guitar, one guy playing the guitar, it'll be tighter. Like that's just the bottom line, and yeah. and so. A lot of two guitar bands do this. A lot of times it really is just to save time. You know, find the find the guy that plays it the cleanest. Have him do all the fucking rhythm tracks, man. It saves a ton of time, which saves you a ton of money. But when I first heard that, I was like, I don't know. It's it's a false sense tightness. Of, yeah. And it, yeah, I don't know. Like I was I was I was a dick when I was little, but we all were. But I mean, yeah, and I wasn't so fucking big on it but yeah i mean if you hadn't seen them live then technically you hadn't even heard the band now there's like i said there's tons of bands that do this you just don't know yeah um, they did this was pretty much common knowledge at the time back then i mean at least if you read magazines and whatnot so <laughs> black album kirk's on you know okay like you're gonna record some rhythms and you're gonna do oh by the way you're not gonna be on this song 
No, I'm sure he recorded the rhythm parts, probably. Is there any, like, little fucking solo licks in it? In between, like, maybe in between verses or anything? I don't think there is. Not off the top of my head. No, so, yeah, he's not on the song at all, probably. Uh, the, oh, I mean, he had to have been playing rhythm or something. Um, yeah. He just probably didn't get credit with any writing, you know, because he didn't write the solo. So, yeah. if James uh, wrote it, all the stuff, then whatever. Yeah. I just said... James Hetfield, rhythm and lead, guitars and vocals. <laughs> Jason Newstead, bass, Lars, drums. And then I'm just like, why does this not look right? And then I was like, oh. That's They're right. all, fuck you, Kirk. Oh, wow. And in retrospect, that uh, does make sense because it's a very brief funny. solo and it's not very flashy. And there's no wah. Yeah, um, he doesn't do, like, he, like I say, he doesn't do it very often. When he does, it's like, it's a pretty, it's a much simpler fucking style that mm-hmm. he has. Like, I mean, you know, but. Yeah. And that he's Michael came in orchestration. Yeah. He's Rest a definitely piece. capable fucking guitar player. Absolutely. Yeah, the, the orchestration in it was good, too. Mm-hmm. Um, the clean sound is great. I'm not a huge fan of clean guitar. Actually, I, we talk about it in a, another episode you'll hear down the road, but man, I'm not a fan of clean guitar from a certain time frame because right. it just sounds like shit. Yeah. Yeah, not a bad pick. I'm just surprised it was in your top five. I was just, I went by like, what do I listen to the most? What do I find myself listening to the most? All the slow songs. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's not going to be, it's not going to be different the next one. Fuck. Uh, All right. Number two. Number two. Utah. Give me two. (laughs) He's a fucking alien. (laughs) Sorry, different movie, but still. (laughs) I'm like, wait a minute. That's not even the same fucking movie. But it's the same era, and fucking, I love both those performances. Fuck it. He's awesome, dude. Uh, Right. So, a faster one. Damage Incorporated. Mm -hmm. Blood Will Follow Blood. Dying Time is Here. Damage Incorporated. Yep. Fuck. Where do you start? Yeah. Well, with that weird guitar thing at the beginning. It's not a guitar thing. It's Cliff. Oh, that's right. Of course. It's a Cliff solo. Yeah. Yeah, he's doing volume swells on his fucking bass with a wah pedal. Yeah. Speaking of the wah, fuck yep. yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, sometimes that gets tedious too, but mm-hmm. it's, fuck. Again, it's fully rewarded when you sit through it Yep. because, fuck, it's a fast-ass riff, lots of fucking double picks. It has probably my favorite Kirk Hammett solo. I The fucking solo in this song is fucking outstanding. Yeah. Oh, God, it's so fucking good, dude. And I just love that fucking... I mean, they have the the line where it's like, following our instinct, not a trend. Go mm-hmm. against the grain until the end. Yeah. I know that they fucking changed it up a little bit. They're not so against the grain anymore. I mean, unless it's against their own grain because they stopped doing what they were doing. But yeah. I kind of took that part a little bit seriously. Go against the grain till the end. Fuck. It's too good, dude. Yep. The fucking main riff is it's got this little slide thing in it like i've tried to play this it's 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 a hard song to play i mean this fucking dude's playing it and singing at the fucking same time (laughs) like that's most of his stuff yeah most of most of metallica stuff like that that's what kind of blows me away about metallica and a little bit with megadeth too oh well the old megadeth stuff uh lots of stuff now but back then Mm -hmm. i mean fuck the do the stuff that they're playing and seeing, I'm just like, God damn. Like how the fuck? <laughs> you know, yeah. like how the fuck are you doing this? Yeah. I could barely fucking play it when I'm sitting down not singing. I don't know. I think it's one of their fucking heaviest fucking songs too. 
Most undoubtedly, yeah. Think about it, that's that thing with the closers, right? That and uh, Dyer's Eve. Yeah, dude, ending it with a fucking banger like fucking Damage Inc. Fuck. Mm-hmm. So fucking good, dude. Yeah, and Dyer's Eve, same way. You know, when you think of albums from back then, a lot of albums had like really good closing songs. In fact, we might have to do a list on that. Best closers. fucking closers. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, it's it's like that. I mean, best openers, best closers, because it was a kind of a big deal because people, you know, we, we would listen to whole albums and it's kind of like you want to end on a, you want to end on a good note. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's the last thing people are going to hear before they switch albums, possibly. Yeah. What's your number two? My number two on the same album is Welcome Home Sanitarium. Another slower one, but it's a lot more. slow motherfucker. I make up for it in the end. That sounds like some weird Billy Joel song or something like that. Yeah, probably is. Yeah. Anyways, uh, it's it's dark, it's moody, tells a story. It's been used in uh, those fucking, what are those movies? Uh... The ones about the West Memphis Three. It's a Paradise River's Lost. Edge? Paradise Lost. Something like that. It's it's the Paradise Lost. Yeah the yeah the yeah the West West Memphis Three dudes documentaries. Which then those guys directed. Um, what is it? The guys who made that directed uh, some kind of monster as a thank you for uh, letting them use that music in their movie. And now they're directing the Ted Bundy movie starring Zac Efron, where James Hetfield is the uh, arresting officer. Really? Yeah. Have you not seen the pictures of James Hetfield as a cop? No. He looks very convincing as a cop. Interesting. I've I've seen the Zac Efron pictures. I know yeah. they were doing a movie about that, but yeah. But it's yeah, it's 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 a perfect it's a perfect placement, you know, in the rest of the album, right in the middle, to, you know, kind of break things up, right before it gets all super thrashy again with disposable heroes. Yeah, it tells a story, man. I'm a sucker for a story in in song narrative. Sometimes this being one of them. Perfect ending to side one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's I I feel like for some it's, reason it's a fucking masterpiece of a song. Yeah, it, the fucking harmonics at the start sound creepy. Yes, that's what I'm saying. It's got a very ominous. The main tone. riff, you know, the arpeggio sounds fucking great. Mm-hmm. The production on it's outstanding. Absolutely, of course, the whole album is outstanding. The the main chorus riff. Yeah. Like it's fucking awesome. Yeah. And then it fades out, goes back into the fucking, you know, a little solo. Yeah. Look at Officer oh, James Hetfield. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Him? Yeah. Wow. That's gnarly. If there's only That's one reason I'm going to watch gnarly. it, it's we're getting be to that. the point where like we can fucking make up up people to where they don't even you can't even tell they're them yeah. speaking of mike myers and fucking bohemian rhapsody yeah i really like the fucking you know just leave me alone mm-hmm. you know sanitarium leave me be like it's so something i've always loved about metallica too is they they're relatable in a weird way kind of almost like a cryptic way mm-hmm. to be honest with you because if you've ever been in trouble from your parents and like been grounded or if you've been in jail or you know, you can listen to the song, and I mean, you totally get it. Like, it's, I mean, it could literally be about someone in a fucking sanitarium, which it kind of sounds like it is. Yeah. But you you can also use that chorus where it's not so specific, and you can feel that, like, the gist of that, like, you, you feel that same way, too. It could be applicable to multiple situations. 
quit whispering on the mic. Yeah. So I can hear you. Yeah. Even though I don't have headphones on. But <laughs> then the end part. Fuck. So fucking good. That's one of the big endings on the fucking ballad, power ballad, if you will. The big, gnarly, heavy ending. Yeah. It starts um, with the bridge thing where he's, I don't even know, I can't recall what it is he's saying, but then it goes into the, uh, then it goes into the solo and then it gets super chunky riffage. And then the way it ends with the, it kind of slows it down and then does the fade out, kind not fade out, but you know, the big, dan, 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 and then everybody's. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, hitting the drums as hard as they can and strumming as fast as they and can. And it's got that same kind of like that slide that yeah. Yeah, exactly. like, yeah. It's fucking great, man. Oh, yeah. I fucking love that song so much. Great. I mean, you know, fuck, it's on my favorite album of theirs, so mm-hmm. whatever. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I it would definitely be in my top 10 Metallica songs. Mm-hmm. No lie. Definitely a fucking good one. We are to number number one. 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 Top of the list. But or not bottom, the song depending one, on where you're going. Which is yeah. weird, but pretty easy, dude. Master Puppets. Yeah. It's a good um, choice. This is probably my favorite song of all time, actually, now that I think about it. Nice. I think it's the fucking best metal song ever written. I could buy that. I could support like, that. I have no problem saying that. Bomb intro. Bomb fucking chorus riff. Mm-hmm. The fucking whole entire layout of the song. Yeah. It's eight and a half fucking minutes. Mm-hmm. That never gets old. Mm-hmm. Sick fucking solo. Sick fucking middle piece where it's fucking... With the master chant. Yeah, it's got a full fucking breakdown with gang vocal fucking chant. Master, yeah. <laughs> master. Like, dude, it's, it's almost the perfect fucking song. Yeah. Like, it's fucking awesome. You know, it takes you couple places mm-hmm. and i mean again it's it's not a like a frivolous song either like it's about being addicted to cocaine yeah you know what i mean like master of puppets i'm pulling your strings mm-hmm. twisting your mind smashing your dreams you know what i mean like that's yep. chop your breakfast on a mirror yeah dude. <laughs> like pretty on the nose like it's fucking yeah it's fucking Literally. It's awesome because, I mean, it's kind of weird because it's like, oh, yeah, I mean, that was kind of going on at the time. But, I mean, people are still doing fucking coke. People are still getting addicted to things. Mm-hmm. Master Puppets doesn't necessarily have to be an addiction to cocaine. It could just be like an addiction to anything. Yeah. Minus that chop your breakfast on a mirror thing. but uh, Well, yeah, but he's just being specific in that one part. They don't I, say I, it I, again, yeah. so it's not like it's in the chorus or anything. Yeah. Life of death becoming clearer. I don't know. Like, it's just the baddest fucking tune. Yeah. Title fucking track yep. to my favorite fucking album. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I don't know. I just, when I first heard that fucking song, it was so not even like the first riff, but like the. Getting into the choruses. And then I found out that they were actually hitting the hitting the first fret before everything. So it's like, it's not just open string. Hmm. which is how I played it when I learned how to play it by ear. Yeah. And then I found out they're downpicking it. Oh, my God, dude, that's like, a whole other conversation. Yeah. What the fuck? When I figured that all out, I was like, why do people love James Hetfield's wrist so much? And then when I figured that out, I was like, oh. Yeah, dude, I mean, it's just fucking gnarly. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. And you're singing it at the yeah. same time? Like, yeah. dude, get the fuck out of here. Like, yeah. And you wrote it. Mm-hmm. It's not like... Me, who's having a hard time playing it, 
not singing it, mm-hmm. and I'm learning what you already wrote. Yeah. And it's like, it makes me wonder, like, did they know how badass this fucking song was when they wrote it? Right. Because a lot of times, man, when you have those classic songs, those classic albums, or even like the classic artwork or whatever, like a lot of times, man, those people don't realize that they're making this. It's not a conscious like, oh, you know what? We're going to write a hit song today. Like, yeah, I mean, if you're doing that, then you're probably the kind of person that's like literally everything you write. Yeah. It's going to be like, you know what? I'm going to sit down. I'm going to write a hit song today. Fuck yeah. yeah. yeah That's exactly, what I yeah. fucking do. And some, it's a hit or it's not. Right? Yeah. I just think about like in all those interviews you talk about like when we were kids, we were hungry. We wanted to be the band, the biggest band, the most angry band, you know, the heaviest band or whatever, which they were for their respective times. But just thinking about like there must have been at least a hint of that to get to, you know, to that point, to have that kind of confidence in their own material. Right? Like... And I think you can kind of hear that to a degree, especially in those early days. There's definitely a confidence in their playing that they just know, like, we are really fucking good players. Yeah. That we can we can write something like this. Mm-hmm. We can put it all together in a cohesive, which makes me think... I wonder how much Fleming Rasmussen had to do with the actual song structures. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe he helped him out. Maybe that was a good decision on their part was to work with Fleming. Yeah. Which would be an amazing... That's that's an underrated thing, picking your producer. You know, it's an underrated thing. A lot of people don't really consider that when they think of what a band does. But you do. You have to pick your producer, and that dude can fucking really help your band Mm -hmm. a lot. But... I'm just going to go with what I hear, and I don't know if he fucking actually did or not, but just the fact that you put this fucking thing together, you know what I mean? Like, it's just fucking crazy to me that back then, these four dudes, or maybe it was James and Lars that put the song together, maybe maybe they wrote some of the stuff and, like, Cliff put it together, I don't know, but these three to four guys just fucking basically wrote this fucking song that however many years later... I'm not going to do the math. This isn't the math podcast. This Clearly. is a fucking metal podcast. <laughs> yeah. Math is not metal. But back in 1986, that in 2019, 2020, soon to be 20 fucking whatever, mm-hmm. that this song is still... Potent as fuck. Yeah. It's just an amazing fucking song. Mm-hmm. I, it still holds up every time I hear it. Sounds just as fucking good as anything else that's out now. It's the so, best of the best for a reason. Yeah, it is. It's just... I remember fucking Dimebag talking about like how it fucking knocked his dick in the dirt too. And mm-hmm. I was just like, yeah, dude, same here. Like, yeah. You know, like, fuck. Relatable so, statement. So, yeah, it's just, it's, I already fucking said what pretty much all I could say about it, man. I mean, it's a classic for a reason. Sure. Yeah. And we need to hear your number one. I'm pretty sure I know what it is. If it's anything like last time. So you talk about battery with the misleading intro, right? With the uh, the classical guitars or whatever. Oh, yes. And my number one has a very, very similar thing going on in the beginning. Again, with the uh, similarities between albums and song placement. But it's it's almost like this weird waltzy... I don't know how else to phrase it. It's like waltzy guitar intro, right? And then all of a sudden, you just hear the guitars getting turned up, and then you hear this fucking 
furious riff. To me, that's still Metallica at their angriest, is fight fire with fire, dude. Just after that little guitar thing, just fucking coming in and bulldozing everything, dude. Double picking city. Yeah. And we talk about Lars and Double Bass, that, that when they come back in after the solo with the fucking... Yeah, one of the few times. Yeah, man. And he's by himself. Yeah. Like, it's just him. Like, yeah. You don't get that a whole lot with Metallica. Uh-uh. It's a song about fucking nuclear warfare, which was still a very scary and real possibility back Fuck in that yeah, time. It was, man. Which I'm told. The, okay, so something else I forgot to say about um, Master of Puppets that works also with, with this is the the ominous evil laughter at the end of Master yeah. of Puppets and that the, the whole thing with the gods are laughing. Uh, and then you hear the ha or whatever in Fight Fire with Fire. Just little 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 touches like that. And just you can hear the intent, the the brutal intent in this song. It's a mission statement for the rest of the album. Sets the pace, you know. It's it's it, that okay. We talked about it earlier. What's thrash? That's fucking thrash to me. That that's it right there. This is this is a whole new game after after Kill 'em All and this is this is what the new standard is right here, you know, like Fight Fire with Fire is just fucking sick. You can you can quote beyond that. It's 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 a consummate album opener, you know? And it sets the pace for the rest of the album, which which does not let up either. Unless you're one of those guys that doesn't like escape, which apparently they don't either. Hey, it's fun. <laughs> it's fine, it's fun. Oh man, fight fire with fire is gnarly. Yeah, you think nineteen eighty four, dude? <laughs> Rage of the Lost Ark was like nineteen eighty four. Yeah. E. T. E. T. was eighty two because it came out uh, oh, a week before fuck. Blade Runner and Fine, Fine, Back to the Future. 84? Back to the Future was eighty five. Mother of Terminator. God. Uh, eighty four was actually Temple of Doom and Gremlins, which were the first two movies to Why cause do I people think to Raiders complain. Of the Lost Ark. Eighties. Uh, what was eighty four? Terminator, Ghostbusters, Beverly Ghostbusters, Hills Cop. Yeah. Dude, there was a fuck ton of stuff about nineteen eighty four. So you got to think, dude. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, compared to this, yep, yep. Like, get the fuck out of here. Absolutely, Beat it. dude. Thriller came out in 84, right? Thriller was 83. Motherfuck. But, I mean, that's what it would have but been around, around the time. way into 84, dude. Like, yeah, yeah. the fucking shit that was going on in 84, and then Fight Fire with Fire is out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Slayer was still on. I uh, mean, like, most people didn't know, but still, no, yeah. like, it's like, fuck, they dude, you gotta to. be kidding me. And yeah. Slayer hadn't even hit Hell Awaits yet. No, no, no. They were still that on was, what, Show 85? No Mercy. Yeah. Show yeah, No Mercy was, So, uh, 84 may have been, like, that song Chemical Warfare. Because yeah. they had the EP, mm-hmm. which was kind of like the pre-Hello Waits thing. Yeah, Haunting like, the Chapel. This shit, like, uh, fuck. Forget about it. Oh, yeah. There was nothing. And I mean, granted, most of the world had no idea. Right. But if you can put yourself into 1984 for a second and then listen to this fucking song. Devastating. I mean, let the alone the whole album. Possible. But this fucking song, and this yeah. being the first track on the song, or on the album, mm-hmm. You know, you're, maybe you're just some lucky kid that fucking just happened to fucking buy Ride the Lightning the day it came out. Yeah. How are they going to top kill them all? Right. With yeah. this. Yeah. And then you hear fucking fight. So, yeah, you hear the little intro with like almost like a harpsichord type sounding yeah, guitar. Yeah. Like it's that weird sounding. Yeah. And it is waltzy. Yeah. You know, it sounds. I imagine weird, a like, bunch of powder wig motherfuckers uh, dancing dude, around. Yeah. Yeah. And then and getting then, nuked. Yeah. And then f- just. 
this is double picking city hits you right in the fucking face. Yep. You know what I mean? Like it's, I mean, that probably fucking scared the shit out of people. Oh, yeah. They're probably just like, what the fuck? Even I was kind of intimidated by it when I first heard it, and I was 13. Like, fuck, man. It was pretty close after hearing Master Puppets when I heard it, but I, I'd heard Master Puppets before, I was say, so it's yeah. like, all right, like now I, I knew what I was into. But even then, when I heard fucking Ride the Lightning, I was just like, wow, like this was before this? Mm-hmm. You know, like it, this was, wow, this is fucking amazing yeah oh fuck it's such a fucking killer song you could do anything to this song you wash dishes to this motherfucker or you could nuke a small country whatever you could do whatever find somewhere in between comfortable in between (laughs) preferably in between yeah let's not nuke any countries yeah let's do wash dishes though that shit piles up after a while (laughs) maybe a barbecue yeah do your dishes Eat your veggies. Don't nuke people. Follow us. Rate and review. Subscribe. Metalist Pod on Twitter. Metalist Podcast on Instagram. And then just look us up. And Gmail, right? And Gmail is Metalist Podcast, yeah. Hit us up. Hey, let us know what your favorite Metallica songs are. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for joining us, folks. Yeah, I think that's about it. Later. Bye-bye. Later.